Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fused Relativity Podcast, episode number two. Come on. We made it to two, everybody. Give yourself. I don't want to, but seriously, twice as many as I thought. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. We're back. My name is uh, Chris. Or Skull in Arms, as he is on the Discord icon. And then we got John and Kirk. I'm the Infinity X. By the way, Skulls in Arm, Chris, it makes me think of a skeleton getting a noogie. So is that what you were going for? Uh, let's say yes. Uh, well, right. Skeleton noogie. I can go with that. I really hope that wasn't double sending. I just realized something. Oops. Ah, it should be good now. Um, Let's continue. Yeah, so can we talk? Okay, we're we're uh, air broadcasting this, podcasting this, whatever. I don't know what you air, whatever. We're talking in Colorado. And uh, I moved from Arizona like five years ago. And uh, basically, the weather person here goes, yeah, it's going to snow like a foot. It's going to be crazy snow. It's going to start snowing 10 p.m., and it's going to go all day. And then, like, t- there was a little dusting. So he missed it by, like, a foot and a half. And it just doesn't seem nobody nobody seems to care. Like, I was in Arizona, when they said it was going to rain, it, they nailed it because they were so excited. It was a big deal. We don't get it. It happens four days a year. So they, you know, so I'm just, I'm used to more accuracy in my weather forecasters is what I'm saying. Anybody back me up or want to fight me in the parking lot meet me at the flag no you're 361 days a year kirk the weatherman gets on and says it's gonna be fucking hot today and you know what it's gonna be hot that he's nailed it (laughs) yeah see it's it's consistency yes i was arguing with we're not arguing but yeah me and the, the the people i work with we all figured yeah no it's not gonna snow all that much it's gonna be you know mild dusting it's getting a little bit heavier down here tonight, though. That's for sure. Well, the, the nice first thing the first is... year I moved here. Oh, sorry. I uh, the first year I moved here, like uh, they I remember they go, it's going to snow a couple inches, and then I woke up the next day and it snowed enough where it shut down the airport, and I'm like, wow, that's you're not good at your job. <laughs> yeah, no, they never are here. And when they when they hype up snowstorms to where they're like, yeah, it's going to be the worst snowstorm in 10 years, you pretty much guess it's just not going to do very much. Or it's just it's just the news hyping everything is just yeah, oh, it's yeah, okay. I'll be I'm 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 I'll be more aware of that cuz I stocked up on meat from Moe's and I have 3 pounds of meat and I've like still have a pound left, but I'm doing good, but <laughs> yeah, it didn't really snow that much. Yeah, no, they they're terrible here. Like was it two years ago with those bomb cyclones? Um, that's the first time I've ever been stuck in snow because they were like, oh, it's going to be a little bit of a blizzard. And I made it halfway to work before my car got stuck. And how the north end of Colorado Springs was shut down. Yeah, those but, were pretty if you, bad. If they just say it a little different, man, that cyclone was the bomb. That sounds much more pleasant and much more positive than bomb cyclone. So that's all yeah. you spin it. It wasn't a very pleasant experience. It wasn't all. the bomb, is which is not no. the bomb at all. Okay, all right, no, not even bomb like. Well, I mean, <laughs> the wind. <laughs> so, uh, how'd everybody's week go? Did you guys uh, have a good week, bad week? Get to you know, get things going. 
Um, well, you know, it was a week. I know I said I was like, oh, I need, I want to vent. Just because work's work. It got better. I got backed into a semi, got backed into by a semi. So that kind of pissed me off, but, you know. And you weren't even in your car. I was really <laughs> hurt. I don't know how you're still alive and doing this podcast. You know what? You're like the Carl Ripken Jr. You know what I mean? Like, you never miss a podcast, even though you got run over by a, a semi. <laughs> you should have seen the bumper after he hit me, man. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> it has lots of my blood and, you know, tears on it. Right. He's still hosing off to try to get the smell off. It's like when you hit a skunk, you know? It's the same kind of same thing. <laughs> so, uh, interestingly enough, since you brought it up, Kirk, I do have a little bit of a surprise for you this week. Uh, John, if you'd be so kind. Let's hope this works. Um, uh, I think it should work. All right. Are you still watching the Discord? Yeah. yeah. There you go, Kirk. Oop, oop, oop. Didn't want to move that. <laughs> Did you make dog poop from uh, your 3D printer? Is that what that is? That right, that right there is a 3D printed dog turd, Kirk. Wow. Yep. wow. Just was, for there you. A, was there a model for that? Or did yes, you actually yes, there was. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I see you went to the classic beige. Uh, it looks like more of a terrier. Okay, good size <laughs> dog. Not a, not a St. Bernard or anything, but not a chihuahua. Nice midsize. Well done. Well, I didn't, you know... <laughs> I only had so much paint, so I didn't want to get too crazy, but I was uh, excited to, uh. to make this for you. <laughs> See? And this is what, if you have your own 3D printer, you can build, you can make that or a house. Either way. <laughs> or a rocket that goes to my, any, or this. This is good, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if, if anybody, because uh, I'm going to send this one to you, Kirk. And um, it'll be a nice present. If any, so, if any, okay. I'm going nice. to send this one to you. And if, if anybody else, uh, anyone who is viewing this podcast would like one of these 3D printed turds, <laughs> uh, hit us up at our Twitter and uh, we'll send you one. That, well, you know, I would say be a little bit more uh, specific with that. Instead of getting a thousand requests for dog turds. Hey, if a thousand people want dog turds, then uh, you know what? I'll run my printer day and night. <laughs> you do that. This guy's committed. He's committed to the cause. You know what yeah. I mean? This is good, you know. Are you gonna uh, do are you gonna do vegan dog turds as well? I mean how I all right. <laughs> we'll take the uh <laughs> that off the screen there. <laughs> Uh, so Kirk, you did mention, I, I mean, I know you know this, but you were talking about the 3D houses or 3D printed houses. Sorry. Chris, tell us about those. I'm actually a little bit excited about these. Uh, been looking into them and, um, this company icon, uh, is based out of Austin, Texas has started, uh, getting into the market of 3D printed homes. And it's a really cool concept. They started as uh, a company, you know, their mission was kind of to build low-income housing with 3D printers in, like, Mexico. So they would have, you know, not very big, but houses to live in. 
and they started uh, 3D printing a little more luxury houses in uh, Austin, and they've gone on the market recently for uh, about $450,000, which for a two-story home in Austin isn't actually that bad, and uh, the process is pretty sweet. Well, it's it's crazy. I was watching some of the videos. It's 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 essentially they uh, picture loading up a giant 3D printer and driving it to the site, and then it does. That's what it, you're not like building it someplace else and then assembling it. Like they just take the giant printer to where they want the house. So it just looks like it's expelling a giant gray wool sock on top of one another. But it's concrete, and and it's insane. Yeah, they use a, a propri proprietary uh, concrete blend that they get from Portland Cement, I think is the company. I might be wrong on that, but um, they can only do the bottom floor. So the first story is the only one that they can successfully 3D print at this moment. Uh, and the, the trailer itself that holds the printer is 11 feet tall. 33 feet wide and it can do a 28 foot slab. So uh, they started printing these fairly decent sized homes and then they have to use a more classical construction uh, wood, wood framing to do the second story. But if you look at some of the pictures from this company, these houses look really, really nice. Have they, cause I know they started with tiny homes. Have they moved up to like more regular sized homes? Cause if you're using tiny homes and then I don't, it seems like you'd be putting tiny construction workers out of business. I don't like that. I don't like well, that implication there. Uh, they can build up to, I think 2000 square foot homes at this moment. And, uh, so, you know, it's a pretty good sized house. Yeah. I wouldn't call that tiny. And they're not the only ones doing it. There's other companies that are, uh, also doing a very similar techniques to printing houses. I've seen quite a few over the years that were, um, yeah, it's just concrete being laid out layer by layer, mm -hmm. which uh, the only thing I am curious about is how do they reinforce it? Because isn't most concrete-based houses reinforced with uh, rebar? As far as I know, uh, I don't think they're using um, rebar uh, the proprietary uh, cement that they're using is designed to um, it's designed to hold the structure of the house and so it's just layer by layer concrete that's going on top and it hardens enough in between layers that they can just stack on top and then once it hardens it's pretty well set to go yeah I've seen the the video of that one I just remember ones that had were hollow. It was um uh they did the line but in between each wall there was a gap. I would assume it was for um insulation and the like. Yeah, probably insulation. Uh I do know that one of the things that they tout is that the uh the concrete first layer is very good at insulating because it's concrete it's not you know it's a little better protected from the elements so they don't necessarily need as much insulation but i do imagine they still need some you know other than the radiation 
Well, do you guys know that the name of the the the, mo the most recent three D printer that does this? You know the name of it, what it's called? It is the Vulcan Two. The Vulcan Two, and I to me it's just like, like all right, we get it. It's kind of nerdy. What we're dealing with? Do you really need to bring Star Trek into this? Am I well, anybody else? Star Trek's everywhere though. We had the shuttle Enterprise. Kirk, do you need me to three D print you one of those? <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, John, quick question. So I was looking on their uh, on their website, and it said that it has to it can only uh, print on a on a twenty eight uh, foot wide pad, but it said the length could be effectively in infinite. So do you think do you think that's because you could just move the trailer? Yes. Uh, at the the video I was or one of the videos, I don't even know if it's the same company. Um, but the video I saw, they're just moving the platform where the printer's just going left and right and the, the platform's kind of moving, but you can just move the platform down and keep printing. Um, kind of like, have you seen the CRS 30? I want to say it is the treadmill looking one. Oh we're, yeah. Yeah. We're talking about, there's a 3d printer Kirk that's. It's angled at a 45 degree angle and there's a treadmill that it prints onto which effectively removes one of the big limitations of 3D printers which is how high it can print. Because if you can print at a 45 degree angle and your print just kind of keeps moving away from the, the printer head, you can effectively print something that is as long as you want it to be. Okay, just endless because the it would just the track would just keep moving. Okay, you're you're yeah you're still limited to the probably what is it two hundred by two hundred millimeter build size, but it can be the height can be as high as you want it to be. Hmm. Well, just well, is it with the with the the three D printing houses? Is anybody else concerned this may uh, make uh, dealing with contractors difficult? Because have you guys, if you ever think about this, you contractors normally, and then you add a computer technology kind of dick to it too. It seems like a bad combo. Does that make sense? You, know, <laughs> you, you have well, the guy, like, look, you show up when I, you know what I mean? Like they're kind of, they're not really great at showing up when they say they're going to show up. And then you add a like, oh, you don't have the right adapter. And this isn't, doesn't set up for Wi-Fi, So we can't do that right now. Cause you're not, you don't have the proper, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mixed with a contractor. It just seems like a bad hybrid. I don't like where it's going. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think one of the things that they say is that, you don't really need more than one. Like they have one or two guys that show up to the site and just kind of make sure that the printer is doing what it's supposed to, which kind of takes away a lot of that. Uh, there's not a whole lot of hands in the pot on that one. So it might actually make things better. And I, I'm just looking at the video from the, the company site. They do leave that gap in the middle, just like the, the, the one I saw it. And it looks like it's partially structural and partially probably to run the um, the piping. electricals. Yeah, all the piping and um, everything else that needs to get run through it. Um, and probably, I mean, and if you can, uh, even a double wall, you know, scenario doesn't, it's still cool, you know, as far as like. Absolutely. 
you're not you're not able to do it in one pass, but two passes. Uh, the idea that you could three D print a house it still kind of shocks me a little bit. Well, and like we were talking about last week, I mean, this is just getting started. The patents for three D printing have only been in the the open for what ten years, eleven. Well, I think we're missing the, the missing the obvious. Can you make a house with a three D printer that looks like a giant dog turd? That's going to be the you probably test. could. That's going to be like <laughs> it's the old Jenkins house. It it looks like a big poop. Okay, just the, the poop one, poop house. Okay, Kirk, I am going to email that company just for you. <laughs> and and build me a house. That'd be fun. You know, that'd be fun. one of those house makeovers. We fixed your house and then knock down their house and then bring it back. And it's like, it looks like a giant Labrador crap. What? <laughs> Why did you do that? No, no, that's not way. That's, that's what that is. But, you know, it, it could be, you know, could be done. Steve Kirk, I proved that 3D printers have a lot of. Uh, things you can do with them, such as printing dog turds. Right. So you proved it could be. So uh, they have ones that make houses. I'm sure they. It was a silly. You know what? It was a silly question. I withdraw the question, Your Honor. That was. <laughs> it was a gift. Of course, you can do it. 3D printers <laughs> are amazing. So, um, oh, I was gonna say to bring back to the point, because um, I thought it was longer than it was. It's been seven years since the patents on 3D printing expired. Okay, so relatively young as far as a technology is concerned, uh, as far as a consumer technology goes. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, I was going to bring it up uh, real quick. Um, I know we touched on it last week, um, but I kind of wanted to do a quick little run on uh, what printers we have, John, and then... Uh, kind of where a good spot is to, you know, if you're just looking to get into 3D printing, what would be a good starting point for you? Yeah, so I know you cut out when I was talking about this, but currently I have a Pressa Mark 2S, an Ender Pro 3, and an Elego Mars Pro 2. No, not Pro, just an Ender, Elego Mars 2. Okay, and and I've got uh, any cubic is the brand, and it's a mega S. And uh, I'll just touch on my printer real quick. It is uh, a very easy interface. Uh, it kind of does whatever you want it to do. It's plug and play. Um, and I think I paid like two hundred and forty nine bucks for it. On sale from the from them directly, and I feel like it's a pretty good starting point, and I think it sits right around the Ender Pro. Yeah, I I would I haven't seen your printer or, or looked too much into it, but the Ender Pro is about well, not even the Ender Pro. Uh, the Ender Three is what two twenty, something more in there. And yeah, the around Pro's, there. Pros just got a few more features on it. Um, and it, it took me half an hour to set up and probably 20 minutes to tweak a little bit here and there to get it uh, to get it going so that it could start printing. And yeah, we had I had it going within two hours printing the, its first uh, first test print. 
Yeah, uh, mine, I think I had to uh, screw in a few screws and leveled the print bed, and then it was pretty much ready to go. So uh, I like the ones that don't require a whole lot of assembly. So like my Pressa. Yeah, your Pressa, <laughs> that's a little more expensive. Um, that's a that's a model that people would get into if they're uh, really looking to get deep into 3D printing. It's very nice, but a little more expensive and a little more uh, intuitive for, you know, putting it together and... Well, well, and here's the thing. Quality-wise, my... Quali well, I'll preface this one and say, quality and speed-wise, my printer, which is... I bought almost three years ago, um, and it was working. I still have to replace the hot end. Um, the quality and speed that it could print far blows out Thunder 3 Pro, which was just released a year ago. Um, plus the features it has, like auto bed leveling, which most entry-level printers don't have, as well as... Actually, no, that's pretty much it off the top of my head. I know there's a lot of little features that it has, but the big one is the auto bed leveling. Well, and the, uh, the AnyCubic, uh, you know, people who look at the at the dog turd that i printed for kirk uh the quality actually is really very good but i feel yeah see the quality is good but i feel like the the uh pressa might have done a little better job i mean you can see a little uh, bit of imperfection there which occasionally happens on 3d prints uh, but you don't want to scrap it when it takes three hours to print something so that took three hours yeah, it was about three hours. Huh. They're Time not well spent, my friend. <laughs> well, the beauty of it is, Kirk, is you just click print and then you walk away. You don't right. It's like you're. It's like you got. Yeah, you just you set it and forget it. Pretty much. And uh, I was going to point out real quick because I think uh, between me and John, we're going to have to, you know, get Kirk a three D printer so that he can uh, make his own dog turds at some point. And uh, I did have, uh, my first printer was a DaVinci, which is more of a student model printer. They kind of gear towards like classrooms and, but they're very easy to use and they come in a pre-assembled container. Basically it has its own covered uh, shell, super easy to use. You plug it in and you print. So even and a dummy like me is what you're, that, that's, that's the uh, gist I'm getting. Yes, that is exactly what I was saying. Even a dummy like Kirk could handle that one. So anybody who's looking to get into 3D printing uh, relatively easily, DaVinci is a good one to go with. And you know what? The first thing I'm going to make a 3D mold of, I'm going to uh, make a 3D printing flipping you the bird. How about that? And I'll send it to you. And we can, as a, as a thank you. How about an octopus giving you eight fingers? Because that's a thing. That's glorious. Where do I find that file? Have you not seen that? I have not seen that. You, you haven't seen an octopus flipping somebody out? That's what you're saying? <laughs> Hold on. Let me uh, – oh, Thingiverse is just not working today. Um, By the way, shout out to Thingiverse uh, who had the dog turd file for me. Uh, I really appreciated that. <laughs> shout out. You're doing God's work. You're doing the – without you. No. <laughs> you're <laughs> 
without you, Thingiverse, Kirk would not have his own 3D dog turd. Right. And that would be the true tragedy. Um, well, while we keep talking, I'll try and uh, find this so that uh, I can... Because uh, it's not... It's not agreeing with us right now or with me right now uh uh what i was gonna say though is i am actually about to get the mark 3s chris oh that's cool the um, beast. they call her the beast don't they yeah they, they don't <laughs> uh no it's the when i built the mark 2s it took um probably about 10 hours i think i spent almost a whole saturday building it uh do i still have all right let me see if this works this is on thingiverse i don't know if this is gonna work oh it did kind of hold on i'm oh it's okay yeah it's a multi it's an octopus flipping you the bird yeah you know, it looks like they could like in a diner. It looks like they could put the paper down too instead of the metal. They could just put it on the. All right, orders up. You know, slap jack, flapjacks. Come on, let's go. Yeah, and it is amazing. I haven't printed that one. I printed another one that was you know, sans middle fingers. There it is. What I was trying to get to, I was trying to find, because this site is not ideal um i wanted to see how quickly because chris said it could take it took him three hours to print i wanted to see how long it would take my printer so chris what do you want to talk about next uh so i'm gonna bring this up real quick uh and I'll bring it back later in the show, but I wanted to throw this out there and see what you thought, because it was just something I thought of the other day that uh, it, it made me giggle a little bit. But theoretically, tonight is the uh, two o'clock is when the time change happens, when we go forward one hour. And I feel like theoretically, that's a form of time travel. Well, at least for now, but you're not entirely wrong. I have worked through many of the late night shifts during spring forward and fall back. I mean, just the thought that we jump ahead one hour in time, that's kind of trippy. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really help you on sports gambling, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> that doesn't, you don't really get to jump on much. Uh, I know the game was going to start an hour earlier. I'll bet you on that. <laughs> Kirk, why do you have to kill my dreams? <laughs> no, there was I was saying that's a it it is it is, but it's a it's a low grade it's a um it's time traveling for the ninety-nine percenters. How about that? I'm sure the one percenters have their own form that actually works, but we just get an hour. And just you know what, as an Arizonian who grew up there, I've I'm hostile about changing my clocks because we're we're again it. In Arizona, we don't need any more daylight saved. We were, we're stocked up on it, so we don't do it. So, I'm. It's just a. It's an annoyance to me to have to change my clock. 
Yeah, but once again, you guys have plenty of sunshine and plenty of heat. So... Right. We don't need no more. We don't need to save no more. <laughs> the, the quicker the sun can go down, perfect. There's I'm... four months of terrible, terrible hibernation heat weather. I'm surprised you got that to print, Chris. Uh, I don't know what to say. It did take a few tries. My my printer well, wasn't happy with it initially. Neither is mine. Because um, I just pulled it up and it's there. There's nothing touching the actual print bed. I I assume you had to print with uh, supports. Yeah, there was supports on. It was very. Uh, yeah. There was a bottom. There was a bottom layer of supports, which yeah. wasn't very. It wasn't very thick support, so it was easy to clean up. Yeah. So time-wise, uh, the presser can do it in about two and a half hours. All right. So your your much better printer can shave a half hour off of what his did. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and the print quality would probably be just a touch better. Oh, well. that's not what I wanted. That's that's nope. Go away. <laughs> Don't tell the listeners to go away. You're bad at tell them. <laughs> I know. No, like what we're going for here, John. Yeah, the, somebody just turned in. They go, oh no, no, go away. Like, all right, fine. Jesus, this is yeah. the most un unfriendly podcast ever. I was trying to click back on Discord and I clicked on Loop Hero. I didn't realize it was still open. Not to say oh, we. Uh, I was gonna gonna switch uh, real quick. So. We're going to try out a new little uh, segment here, and uh, our good friend Kirk is going to uh, uh, take a take over for a minute and kind of give you a little bit of what's going on in Kirk's corner. Oh, look, hey, look at that. They made me a little corner in there, and uh, it's a table. It's not a chair, so they don't want me sitting down. But, anyway. <laughs> but look, look at this little tree I hey, can look out. I was trying to make a stool. Is that what that? Oh, hey, wait, wait, you know what? Look, beautiful. I can I can put a next time. Just put a put a glass of water there. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, that's uh, what for... I was. That's what I was telling Chris. Is I think every week I'm going to go in and just add a little bit of tweaks here and there. Oh, I'd love it because and then I'll notice. So yeah, <laughs> I can then I can then talk about you know what's going on because I do like. Looks like we got a we got a Dutch elm over there. No, it's you know what? That's got to be an aspen. I planted trees for a bit. That's got to be the aspen tree out there. So if you could mix up the tree, I could. The flaming maple is really what you wanted. That's the <laughs> that's the bread and butter of trees. As someone who's planted trees in Colorado for several years. Um, but okay, Kirk Corner. Okay, you know what? Everybody's been. Uh, I don't know. I was talking to Chris about sports talk radio recently. So sports have been on my brain. So uh, I came up with a list. Everybody knows all the sports team mascots. I came up with a list of the least scary team names. So that's the least scary. Like the first was just, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals. It's it's a that's not a it's a bird. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Not many people. I hope you're not frightened of that. And then of course, who doesn't know about the main tight parking spaces? <laughs> there. Ooh, ooh, the main tight park or the uh the sound real. Yeah, what? quiet it's kirk's corner you can uh, come on you at least go with the bit and then uh what are you familiar with the san diego egos san diego egos you can't let go of the san diego egos they're not but no one's scared of them is what i'm it's a bad the mississippi bad spellers nobody it's probably their state it's uh there's a lot of letters and then of course the uh, philadelphia unexpected callers no one it just frightens people. It's more unsettling. 
And the last, the Missouri Muddy Shoes. That's uh, not too many. I mean, you don't want them walking on your carpet, but it's the fighting Muddy Shoes is not, you know, it's not a lion is what I'm saying. <laughs> you should get all of those teams together and have like a, you know, deathmatch tournament just to see who comes out on top. Sort of a battle royale. What I mean, it is March Madness, and so maybe we could, you know, we could set that up. What comes after March? Is it April? Is that, what April. It is that right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So we'll set it up for April then, because we don't we don't want to try to steal the thunder of March Madness. Let March Madness have its thing. Oh, I've got so such yeah. A good we'll, idea. we'll <laughs> sorry. We'll go ahead, Chris. We will set up the April worst mascots ever tag team battle royale tournament. And just see who comes out on top. I have my money on the tight parking spaces. The uh, the main tight parking spaces. Okay. Those can be kind of scary. Okay. And sort of another I, similar a similar vein, if you guys are just for, if we have, uh, basically I came up with the, the, the Washington Redskins are no longer the Redskins or the Washington football team. So I have the list of the, the next team names that are, might be on the chopping block. You know what I mean? If we're if we're getting rid of Redskins, let's get rid of let's clean up some of these other ones that we may have forgotten about, um, like the uh, Saratoga shitbags. They uh, <laughs> that doesn't look good on the minor league logo. The kids the kids can't go to school with the Saratoga shitbags. That's um, or the uh, Wyoming white supremacist. I mean, probably factually, tr- but you don't want to draw. We're trying to go against that. Um, the uh, Scottsdale wrong phone number givers, you know, you're in the club and somebody ghosts that's bitches. And and then uh, lastly, not least, the, the one I think is next are the New England elevator farters, because <laughs> nobody likes that. Everybody yeah. can get behind banning the New England elevator farters. Yeah, let's get let's get rid of that team. Thank Just you. Cut them, cut them right out. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if Tom Brady wants to join him again. No, you're not. Nope. Can't do it. I, I'm not going to accept Boston as Beantown as an excuse. Exactly. That's well. And by the way, just P.S. Like Boston is Beantown, but then uh, Chicago is the Windy City. What gives? It seems like, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, with that, that was Kirk's Corner. A little bit, a little break for the uh, middle of the show. Uh, hopefully every week we will get some uh, gems like that from Kirk himself. Why, thank you. Yes, and you never know what's coming up in Kirk's Coda, but it won't be educational at all. <laughs> It'll be completely silly and random. And uh, but how about back to the show? Let's let's learn. What are we what are we talking about next, guys? Are we moving on to the uh, the rocket ship? Yeah, we can. Um, before yeah, John, we get I'll to... let you. Well, oh, I was going to say before we get to the three D printed rocket ship which is fascinating nonetheless um have you either of you heard about what's happening with uh the next starship i I would assume not because i have not so like i was saying earlier or kind of last week the the whole point of what they're trying to do is to get stuff out on the pad and ready to go as fast as possible they've already got the next one on the pad and already have cryogenically proofed it. As far as I'm, I didn't actually watch the the NASA. I'm spacing the name. Space fight now. NSF. Uh, I didn't watch the stream, but I believe that they've already cryoproofed SN11, and 
that could potentially go to launch in the next, probably not next week, but the week after. You know, I <clears throat> space race. It's like we're in another space. Race. It seems yeah. like there's so many new things at the same time. Except it it's all different. Elon Musk racing himself. <laughs> I, you know, I did read a little bit of an article about that, and I found it kind of interesting because they, they absolutely, yeah, they interesting. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> they absolutely are uh, fast tracking that one, <laughs> and they're trying really hard to fix the problems from the ten basically like you said the hard landing that caused the explosion well and and i thought it was the the thing i thought was funny was uh elon for being a really good engineer and problem solver actually had an idea of uh wanting to land his rockets on a bouncy castle of sorts that doesn't surprise me he was just trying to multitask with his kid's birthday at the same time. So he was just trying to till, kill bird, you know, two birds with one stone kind of thing is my theory. Well, I just got a kick out of it because I saw Bouncy Castle and Elon Musk in the same sentence. I mean, it's not the not the first time an outrageous idea has been suggested. I mean, he's bought an oil platform to land the rockets on, potentially launch too. It does seem kind of like Wiley Coyote though in Roadrunner uh, territory. I got to, you know what I mean? Like that would be like oh, I could see the the Coyote would totally think that would work. But on the other hand, I was thinking about it, and couldn't you sell tickets to that and like uh, have it land over an ocean, and then you put kids on the other side, you know, like the blob thing that you jump on and it launches you way off into the water. I mean, if you want the kids to get to orbit. Two birds with one stone. Because you I, get I, to go to space <laughs> and you get to ride a blob. <laughs> you know, childhood obesity, they're already blobs. Hey, oh, come on. You know what? The rocket would hit and then it wouldn't move the kids and the kids would relaunch the rocket and then they would lose a rocket. So, no. Because, you know, <laughs> I, I just had to look this up. The, the dry mass is, you know, 400,000 pounds. I think one blob and a starship could easily launch even an average size adult to space. That sounds like a $5 wager. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make it happen, smart guy. All right, Kirk, I volunteer you. No, 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 no. It's got to be a kid. It's more fun. They're already on the bouncy castle. <laughs> but to bring it back to the, the SN11, um, this is actually the 11 is the last one of the first batch because the next one is actually going to be SN 15, which has a ton of um, improvements to it that a lot of people don't, that haven't been discussed yet. And they, I, from my understanding is they really want to get the SN 11 to do what it's supposed to do, which is launch land, all of that before they try the 15 with all the new improvements. Uh, I'm impressed by the the speed and the efficiency that they move at. I mean, it takes a lot to get a rocket into space, and they seem like they're uh, moving at a warp speed. Oh, absolutely. Um, there was a... I, I doubt I... I want to say I saved it, but I doubt I did. Yeah, I didn't. Um, there was a, a graphic that showed it was like two to three months from getting SN8 on the pad to launching 
and then um, nine was like a month, and then ten was a couple weeks, and I would assume eleven's gonna be, um, like I said, it'll probably launch not next week but the week after. If it, I had to guess, like, this, this may be the old. I'm I'm 41. I'm the old guy here. I'm the but it just like. The speed at which they're bragging about the, the, we're building rockets this fast. To me, if you're going to space, take your time. Slow well, down. Make sure all the screws are tightened. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, I don't need a, you know, you can give me a, 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 a burrito in 90 seconds. I don't need a spaceship lickety well, split. You well, know what I mean? I don't know. It just. And that's the thing is, these aren't spaceships, these are test vehicles. Um, they're not designed to go to space. That's not the intention. The intention is to make sure that uh, they work the way they're supposed to when they're coming back from space. Space and, ready yet. So they're not going that full out yet. Like these no. are just. Okay, no, no. Okay. These are these are the rapid tests. That is something that is not seen often in space engineering because it's expensive. Now, when you're launching steel tubes filled with methane and oxygen, a little less expensive than say launching um the shuttle like you wouldn't they're not putting like killer decals and a spoiler on these these aren't these no aren't not show, yet show ponies yeah no these are just to make sure everything's working how it should and that they get enough testing information to make sure that uh when they finally do put them into space they come back the way they're supposed to can i uh, when they get it right but seriously some bitchin' flames seriously it might <laughs> You put some bitchin' flames on it, and then if flames start to come, they're like, oh, those flames are already there. Some hot crisis rock averted. red. Crisis averted. It was thinking about... No, I just... <laughs> I just I just saved the space shuttle. You're welcome, America. <laughs> that <laughs> sounded <laughs> so much like Tony Stark. Just the, you're welcome, America. From uh, I'm, I'm Iron gonna Man just 2. I'm just going to throw this out there. If we could just make rockets a little less phallic, that would be awesome. Well, I mean, if they would have, they would have. That that. Apparently, that's the best. That's the best way. I yeah. guess is just all right. I guess at, at I least, mean, at least aerodynamically. You know what? I think scientists are flying under the radar of actually just being immature, but they're laying at the feet. A lot of scientists must know what they're doing, or they're just immature little school tittering. <laughs> we made a rocket I mean, penis again. At least they're not uh, levels of Austin Powers phallic. No, oh. but it le it leads me into an article that I saw the other okay. day. Good segue. And... Yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> So apparently, the the next great uh, idea is to build an underground lunar base on Mars, which essentially will be a storage facility for 6.7 million sperm. Like a sperm bank, essentially. Sperm yeah, bank like, in space, in a crater now, of a... Now, you no. said Mars, a lunar base on Mars. Well, I I fucked up. All right? It's a lunar <laughs> base on the moon. See that? I was, I was the moon say, be on Mars, dumbass. Well, you know the logistics <laughs> of it. Like storing stuff on the moon makes a little bit more sense than storing stuff on Mars. Now, if you weren't such a dick, you wouldn't have pointed it out. You know? But you're too good for U-Haul. You can't get the storage. You got to go to Mars or, or the moon. You can't just put a storage unit here. I think you're better than that. 
<laughs> but seriously, they want to send up 6.7 million sperm and store them underneath the surface of the moon in a cryobank uh, of people, human beings, and animals, kind of like Noah's Ark, but well, underneath the surface of the moon. They already have that, don't they? Um, and I want to say it's in like Denmark or Finland, something like that. Maybe. Is it true they uh, they uh, they just they've labeled them by actually it's like a cattle ranch where they just brand the sperm what animal it is they just go Psh! yeah and they know that's that's an elephant <laughs> no I so it just seems like that's the that's like the perfect setup for an alien movie <laughs> I, I just feel like something bad is gonna happen if we start messing around with that kind of stuff well. I mean, you're not wrong, but the, the, the idea behind it is because it is true. It is in Norway. Um, they have a seed vault where they keep seeds of. Uh, I'm assuming most species of plants. I don't think they carry sperm or anything like that, but that's already a concept because if there was a global catastrophe or, you know, I think it was brought about with, you know, nuclear doomsday that you would have this bunker where all of the seeds are that you could you know potentially repopulate the planet after fallout was this like connected with the biosphere because i remember that was down in tucson like back in the 80s 90, you know what i mean where they tried to set up a lunar kind of like this is outer space so you have to grow everything is it yeah, similar Pauly to that, was in that <laughs> i was gonna say i i, I do remember Polly shore Yes, there was an actual, actual thing too. But yes, the Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I know the the they've been trying to do biosphere experiments forever. There's just always that one asshole who comes in who doesn't know anything and messes and up the whole world, solves everything. Right. You know, what? I think what's really going to bring the world together is if they make Biodome two and just the hatred uh, of all. It will really bond us back together as one. Just unite us against against Pauly Shore movies. I think you can do it. <laughs> well, with that, I think we should get to our uh, our next topic. Just, you know, yeah, something different. Uh, John, I'm going to let you take a, take a crack at this one. Are you talking about the uh, 3D printed spaceships? Yeah, Relativity Space. What a cool concept and company. It seems well, like it's... Uh, it's kind of merging both topics that we're talking about because... <clears throat> Essentially, what they're doing is 3D printing the engine. I, I think they're also doing the pressure tanks and possibly the shell. The whole rocket. Well, yeah, it's – but in re if you broke it down to what it's – I'm pulling up the site right now. Um, it's essentially just – a metal 3d printer which is something that obviously is not commercially available um but it's and i think it's a um because it's not a traditional stand printer if i'm correct right oh and and they use a proprietary alloy that yeah a metal alloy to print these rockets they would because <laughs> the image <laughs> i'm looking at it's and Phallic. 
<laughs> well, I mean the rocket is, but the um, the printer itself is more of a uh, robotic arm with a uh, extruder on it. If that's what I'm looking at, I could be looking at something different, but I'm assuming that they use the robotic arm to get a full 360 access to the print uh, to printing, which is something that is starting to be tested commercially uh, to a degree, but uh, it's still very uh, a new technology. Like we said, it's it's uh, commercial use has only been around for about seven-ish years outside of the patents. Surprised because on their website it says that they can go from raw material to launch in about 60 days. Well, I mean, that's not, again, that's not out of realm of possibility. Uh, if you had a, you know, a thousand printers and you were trying to print a thousand different parts, even if they took a day, you're still going to get, you know, all the parts printed in a day and it's just assembling them. <laughs> Wait, so if you took a thousand monkeys and had them work at a thousand 3D printers, could they create the next big city? Probably. Well, I don't know if thousand. They might just monkeys. They might just start throwing poo at each other, and then <laughs> I then figure out how to three D print it, and then start throwing that at each other. Well, after they after they they would learn it from watching you, Chris. So that's what they would figure. They, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, that guy's doing it. So it looks like fun. <laughs> and if he can do it, then I can do it. So. Right, yeah. monkeys. It's literally monkey see, monkey do, do. <laughs> that is. <correct. laughs> I walked right in dead at done. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I need uh, this I need a soundboard. Can, I, can you get a, yeah, a rim shot, please? Would that kill you? I mean with all your technology we can we can fly a rocket ship to Mars and you can't get me a goddamn drop. Come on. All right. If I don't have it next episode, I walk. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> hey, you're under contract. You guys should you guys should see my writer to do a podcast. They had to get they had to lobby me pretty hard. You know what I mean? I was looking at a lot of other podcasts. So, <laughs> so John, the max payload on this guy. Now, this is the top max is twelve hundred and fifty kilograms. Uh, how does that do you think compare to the Starship and the the current uh, see SpaceX? And that's the problem is because you said twelve hundred and fifty kilograms. So just on well. Just over half a ton. Yeah, about. Well, it's 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 like two. It's a ton essentially. Ton and um, a half. So, and that's where it gets. Oh yeah, you're right. Because it's, I'm thinking kilos. Um. So the the Falcon Nine, which is mostly reusable, can get close to fifty thousand pounds or what. 25 tons to low earth orbit. I mean, it could, in theory, they have it listed here is the Falcon 9 could get uh, four tons to potential Mars. I mean, and that's, they've demonstrated, well, they didn't demonstrate it with the Falcon 9, but with the Falcon Heavy, I mean, they launched Elon's Roadster to Mars. Right, and he had to pay for that SpaceX, car. SpaceX is Elon Musk, and he—it's like it seems he's like forty-six billion, and the next closest one is relativity. So it's like Elon's company and everybody else is what it seems to be with this rocket stuff. Well, I mean, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying to get rockets to orbit like is it virgin galactic just had a successful launch um off there i don't know if you've seen this um it would be one to look up but they uh they basically strap the rocket to a 747 and get it up to a, a an altitude and launch the uh the rocket like a missile but a uh, same with the space relativity one uh the payload just isn't big because the rockets tend to be smaller okay so one thing that i did look at which i suppose maybe is more of their target is that uh they use aeon engines uh which i didn't get to see too much of it it looked like they were kind of their i don't know if the aeon engines are their thing or if it's a fairly widespread use engine but they run off of uh liquid natural gas and liquid oxygen which they said was eventually easier to make on mars well and that's the and that's the thing with uh spacex the and you said it was using natural gas yeah liquid uh, natural gas and liquid oxygen well see and that's spacex is using liquid methane um which, like, I would assume like natural gas, is um, very easy to... I don't know how easier it is to refine methane versus natural gas. But um, with a, a payload of just over a ton, uh, I don't see them getting much to Mars. Now, obviously, they could make a bigger rocket, and um, much like uh, the Falcon 9, but I think... By the time they're uh, feasible to get to Mars, starships are already going to be coming and going from Mars. Now, John, you said um, you said like more more people are you know entering space or trying you know in rockets and trying to get into space. Seems like more than and at any time is that are they in a race to go try to collect minerals and somehow well bring them back and make money off of them, or is it just an attempt to get away from uh, Chris? <laughs> um, really, is the main motivation. Well, a big thing is commercial. Um, ever since NASA kind of closed or stopped sending um, their own rockets, they opened up to the commercial sector. So you have like things like Amazon's Blue Origin and their new Glenn rocket that's trying to get up there. Um, I want to say Rocket Lab. It's like space space tourism. Space is just sort of a instead of going to Tahiti, that some person's going to go into space. Is well, like that. We're and that's about? exactly what they're they're planning. The um, I just Earth watched Orbit Kirk is where they're trying to go. They're trying to give you like a hey, c come fly in low Earth orbit and see what the Earth looks like. See the way up here. Rotate so you can see the. Great Wall of China and the blah, 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 all well, in 18 minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's – well, they're not planning – a lot of these companies aren't planning full orbits. Like I can't – I think it's Virgin Galactic that had the, the plane one that would get into like a suborbital flight. So you would get weightlessness and everything for a couple minutes. Um, Blue Origin – We talk about orbits. We're not talking about the gum, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, Blue Origin – Just so we're clear. Also trying to do like low – suborbital tourism type stuff i believe um don't quote me on that one because i know they're also planning on 
taking stuff to space and um, all of that. But the... to that to that point, I think we should uh, talk about the fact that just this last week they had announced that I don't know who the company is, but they are pro- projecting 2027 for the opening of the first space hotel. Well, and that's that's exactly what I was about to talk about. Is I just watched a video talking about. Uh, expansions that are coming to the ISS, the International Space Station. And they're actually planning on launching a commercial uh, hub or essentially hotel rooms to attach to the uh, ISS so that they could bring up tourists and get a, you know, live a couple days in space thing going on. I'm picturing souvenirs, you know, like I... I, f- I flew all the way to space and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, you know, like stuff <laughs> like that. And, and this airsick bag, which I filled myself because I don't yeah. know. It seems like, it seems and, like then it, and then it floated out and went right back into my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> but I, I mean, that's the, the biggest thing is space tourism is, I mean, it's not going to be for everyday people because I think even, um, tickets for like blue or was it virgin galactics um they're like hundreds of thousands of dollars a ticket and that's just for a suborbital little hop um getting a ride on let's say a dragon to the iss would cost you know millions in so much how long is it gonna we need to we need to make a light rail to space is what you're saying or some sort of greyhound bus situation you know i i know you're you're joking and everything but that is a uh uh thing that is theoretically possible a space elevator Uh, not something that we can currently build you essentially put something way out into space and tether it to the earth with a, a cable and then you have an elevator that just goes up and down the cable. So instead of using a ton that's a, of... That's a long time to have to smell somebody's fart. Yeah, but... And that's why it's as realistic... You, you could try not farting, Chris, but that, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's work for some. I'm not going to... You know, I don't want to you know, rain on your parade, but your fart parade, but you don't have to. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the thing is a lot of companies are trying to get into this tourism because that's where the big money is going to go. Mostly because we have so many, you know, millionaires and all of that that would pay a decent amount of money to say, hey, I'm in space. Right. Well, now I'm picturing just a bunch of really, really like the rich, richest, richest douchebag kids going for spring break in space and just being an ass. I'm totally weightless. It's just that's you're probably not far off from what will happen. They drink too much. It's weightlessness. There's no atmosphere. Yeah, all the girls. Oh my god, I'm totally weightless. <laughs> See, and, and to flip that, there is um, the I, I want to say it's Dear Moon, but I could be wrong. But there is currently a competition that SpaceX is not SpaceX is hosting. So I and I don't know his name, but there was a billionaire that bought tickets to basically bought a dragon to fly uh i want to say around the moon i could be thinking of the wrong one an actual dragon he bought a dragon well you know the falcon 9 that or the dragon the spaceship yeah okay okay yeah but my mind drifted (laughs) (laughs) but and there was a contest so he bought the tickets 
and he was auctioning it not auctioning but raffling him away with saint jude i want to say and i think they had another one planned for later this year but on the flip side there can be those uh um i'm spacing on the word philanthropists that will pay for tickets for people to go but i think it's definitely going to be a lottery system for anyone that doesn't have you know three yachts and a, a horse stable seems like a thing for a friend i mean basically you're a rich person you have oodles of money um i know what will help a poor person let him see space no 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 how about give him money or something don't don't shoot a poor person into space that's not going to help them out much they're going to see the earth that's not going well on they don't need to see yeah. that i mean i would not pass up on the option that's for sure so john real quick i i did want to bring up back to relativity space yeah um one thing I, I found pretty cool is their whole process uses a thousand total parts to build their rockets. I, I wasn't far off with uh, my thousand printer thing, was I? No. <laughs> and what's there's so few parts like does isn't it seems like they've forgotten. Like I don't know. It seems like there's well, just more, like how can you cut that many parts out of a rocket well, and still be a rocket? Especially considering a NASA rocket that we shoot into space is about a hundred thousand parts. So well, they're using ten percent of the parts. Here's the thing: my guess would be that the um, fuel containers are all printed in one piece. The shell is all printed in one piece. The engine, it for the most part, is printed in one piece, and then they, uh, I would guess, the majority of the parts are parts to the engine. And various other, you know, electronical things that they have to plug in and all of that stuff. So, like, the grand piano in, like, the uh, the executive suite, like, on the, the rocket. Yeah. So, I mean, if, <laughs> if you look at SpaceX, like, they have a, a giant metal cylinder, which is, you know, probably hundreds of uh, metal sheets all welded together. There's one tank on the bottom, and this is something I was wrong last week. The, the engines sit on top of the liquid oxygen, and then there's a methane tank above it. And then there's two other tanks called the header tanks, which are kind of used for, if, if I'm not mistaken, feeding the rocket when it's landing. Guys, John, I interrupt. Thank you for making that correction, because I was just in that part of building my own rocket, and <laughs> you had it backwards. So thank you. You saved. It would have... <laughs> I would have been blood on my face. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the the... Uh, starship prototypes that they're building there's not many oh, there's a lot of parts but it's all similar like the the most complex thing that's on that starship that's flying are the engines and that's probably a majority I'm, of their parts is because there's three of them i'm a big fan of spacex i really like what they're doing but after doing a little research on this relativity space company i think it's just one that i'm going to keep an eye on well because it looks like they have a pretty cool process going on over there and that's the thing is if you can build a rocket on earth with minerals what's to stop you from going to space and building a rocket on mars or on the moon or anywhere that you yeah. <laughs> I mean, you get to, you all the way to mars and there's all these like building permits and like god this red tape on the red planet is killing us damn it but I mean, that's <laughs> that's the thing is, 
their concept is generally or unique because if they can get a 3d printed rocket to work there's nothing stopping them from being able to take up the raw materials and 3d print one somewhere else to come back so or, you're say, essentially what you're saying is we are on the verge of going to infinity and beyond thank you buzz lightyear <laughs> <laughs> but i i see the 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 uniqueness of it is that and even with the space station, it's, you know, 3D printing is obviously the next step. And metal 3D printing is definitely going to bring us a lot closer to doing stuff that realistically wasn't exactly possible before, just due to complexity. And metal, metal 3D printing, of course, only pr uh, prints a Slayer. So that's uh, <laughs> not very helpful. Depends on the song. Yeah, to each his own. <laughs> well, hey, uh, I'm hoping that uh, that uh, this week. Sorry, I'm segueing here. Uh, I wanted to get real quick to our uh, favorite segment of Reddit React. Well, hey, we I was gonna say, <laughs> I looked earlier and I didn't see anything. Uh, anything too. Uh, interesting C can it be more just general and not just about 3d print i mean well just, my next if, if, if the 3d was, printing isn't interesting we don't have to stick to the 3d printing aspect of no Reddit. no no i know i just uh i'm just trying to think of what would be a good subreddit good yeah. 3D print 3D printed dog turds and their uses in real life. Yeah. Uh... Or I'm sure like haven't have people made like bicycles or like weird transportation like remote control cars people have made or built or something. I'm sure they've come uh... up with some crazy stuff. But one of the things that I did see, I was actually trying to make one this this last uh, winter was uh, OpenBot, which was it's a robot. And essentially, you 3D print the frame, and your phone runs the robot. So you download an app, and it actually runs off of your phone using the camera so it can follow paths and avoid obstacles. Uh, there's some crazy things. That Wait, you so your phone is like a remote control, like where you can you move it around? Yes, or you can plant the phone on the robot itself and kind of have it drive itself around. And it can avoid obstacles and kind of do its own thing because it's using the camera for, um, you know, avoiding things. Isn't that called a Roomba? <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Okay, so it's a Roomba that doesn't clean up after me. I don't need yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But it can follow you around like a dog. Okay. All right, what do we got here? We got some Reddit something going on, it looks like. Hold on, I've got to. Uh, I've got to fade. Did the three D printer make a DJ? That's what it <laughs> looks like. It, it looks like it's. <laughs> All right. Oop. So. Well done, three D printer. Yeah. So this one is a. Uh, this is one of the ones I did see to uh, bring up this week, but it's a uh, a printer that doesn't exactly print like a normal printer. It 
as you can see, the it, the table spins and the arm kind of goes back and forth to spin it. Um, okay, to... it's like a it looks like a lazy Susan has an old school sewing machine on it. it looks yeah, like basically what it's going on. And then uh, this, I've actually printed one of these. I don't Ooh. know if you have, Chris, but dude, no, that that's badass. It's like a retracting pyramid. That's oh, and it's man. Yeah, I I've, I printed one of these. The problem was it uh, once it falls out, it's kind of a a, a little bit of a, a task to get everything back together. But so yeah, for those for those listening on audio, it's like a a pentagon or a hexagon, and it's kind of a puzzle. And as you pull the up or down, it makes kind of a wave effect and it's like uh, almost like a screensaver it looks sort of like a screensaver-ish that kind of the old school ones that would bounce around a little bit like a kaleidoscope back yeah in the day where you here you go kaleidoscope is, that's yeah. a good one yeah and, it and makes, I, if it made a noise it would go bloop, bloop. <laughs> so if that helps and all of these will be linked uh in the youtube description and i'll see about putting them in the uh podcast description as well can you add a sound effect too? Just throw that in just for me. You know. And, if you got time. If you got time. So this one will be hard. Well, I'm sure if you were looking at this, Kirk, you wouldn't see uh, why this is so impressive. I'm sure Chris can uh, attest to why it's. How the hell is it printing without supports? See, and that's that's uh, the the so the. For the audio listeners, it is a Ender, I'm assuming an Ender 3, that is printing um, the, I would assume, either the top or the bottom of a, uh, a box without supports. So it is pulling the plastic from one edge to the other without anything underneath it. And that's a good uh, demonstration of how cooling can be such a big help with uh 3d printing blown uh, so away by this it's not it's it's it, the cooler is making it not hot so it's not dripping down so, so that it's cooled it enough where it's staying rigid when it's not i'm supported. assuming so i i can't tell because they don't sew the side of the ender 3 but there are add-ons to the ender where or printable add-ons to the ender where you can direct the fan directly at where the plastic's coming out so as it's printing, that plastic is cooling to the point where it can hold its tensile strength and it's still connected to the nozzle as it's going. And there's much wow. more elaborate examples of bridging than uh, this video in of itself. But just the really fact that, amazing. that it's on an Ender 3, yeah. And that's that's the thing with Ender 3s is they're great, and as long as you can, um, they're a good starting point, but they need a potential a lot of upgrades if you really want to get fancy stuff like this. I would almost guarantee he's got a, um, or there is a fan on there that is not stock that is cooling that down so that it can uh, do what it needs to do. Now, on the other hand, though, I know it's a cool picture, but why wouldn't you just flip the print over and do it? Well, no, way? I yeah, I would agree with you. 
And the next one, I, I did see this one. I thought it was they were stabbing a cat. They go, it, it's a switchblade comb, and you think they're going to stab a kitten, and they just comb it. So that's that's better. <laughs> but Ter- it, terrible form on the butterfly knife. Just saying. But it, it goes into your functionality. Like, is that a necessity? No. But does it uh, does it have a purpose? Yes. Uh, Don't care. Catch- cats grew themselves i didn't i never had a cat do you have to i didn't i uh, you don't yes. a cat do you yes some cats are are less enthusiastic about grooming than others i've got but two. if you're going to if you're going to print a butterfly knife comb then why not oh speaking of this is the cr30 it looks like a treadmill the treadmill yeah. you're talking about yeah this is a treadmill printer it made an alligator tail but and I know this is be hard for you to visualize on our printers, like me, mine or Chris's, we would have, if you look at the edge of the treadmill to about that first set of knobs, right about mid of the alligator's tail, Uh that's how much volume we have to print. That's all we get. Whereas obviously with this, you can see it's on that 45 degree angle and it's just printing, um, as it's moving down the the treadmill and once it gets to the edge that tail will pop off and the head will you know it'll continue to print the front half of the the alligator crocodile whatever it is super cool did you have do they ever announce how much uh cr30 cost oop i i didn't really get a chance to see i i haven't looked into that one too much yeah, I it's an interesting thing, but I think it just 300 Oh no, that's a CR10. Oh, $1000. So, Not yes, the novelty bad. is nice, but it's uh I think it just you would almost need a workshop just to house that printer just because of how much bigger it is than the standard printer. Okay, so this, um, if you can see it, is, uh, it's just kind of, I would assume it's just kind of a torture test, but it's just a print, more of a decoration to make it look like there is a ball underneath the cloth. I'm honestly impressed uh, that all printed. Did we lose, uh... hold on. I think that might be it. Can you guys hear me? You think it might be over? That's uh It seems like I uh muted myself somehow. Can you guys hear me? The stream has ended. What happened? Well, I think that is probably going to do it for the podcast this week, unfortunately. I don't know how uh, we lost connection there, but something seems to have gone on, and I need to try and figure out how or what. So I'm going to leave this off here. Um, 
And then hopefully we will see you all next week about the same time. And same have podcast a good rest channel, of your night. same podcast station.